Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening and welcome to Amplify, a telephone talk show that looks at life from a religious perspective. I'm Father Ron Lingwin, hoping you have felt the warmth of God's love in your life this day but especially the joy you will feel when you share God's love with others. As we do each week, I'd like to begin a program with a story that is based on faith and formed with imagination. I always hope it's a way of uh, introducing our topic for the night. Jesus sat with his disciples but did not partake of the meal they were eating. It was John who said, Master, you have not eaten with us. Are you sick? Jesus answered, No, I must spend some time alone. I must go away for a while, and I will return when the sun has risen. Peter responded, Master, let me go with you. Jesus replied, Peter, you truly are my friend, but this is something I must do alone. You could tell by their faces the other disciples were also concerned. They had not only been with Jesus for a short time, and did not yet understand his ways. Peter said, Master, I know I am the most inquisitive and boldest one among us. The others began to laugh in agreement with Peter. Jesus said, He certainly is. He is not afraid to speak his mind. Peter let his comment pass, but Jesus asked, Master, where are you going, and what are you going to do because you have not eaten? Jesus answered, if you really want to know, I will tell you. Man does not live by bread alone. There is more to life than eating with friends. Then Jesus looked down at the earth and at the glowing fire and said, spending time in prayer and fasting can be likened to a fire within us that keeps us warm. Our hearts and minds emit a beautiful glow to the heavenly Father, like a light in the darkness, like a star in the night. It is a nice, warm feeling. I tell you this. Taking only bread and water for a day will not harm you. It will help you to grow spiritually. And if you do it prayerfully, you can become one with yourself, with creation, and with the heavens. Jesus looked down again at the fire, picked up a twig, and stoked it. Sparks flew into the air, and he said, See, in doing this, you will also encourage others. His disciples looked at one another and asked, Master, may we also participate in this spiritual feast? Jesus' face was filled with a beautiful glow as a tear fell slowly from his eye and said, 
I am pleased by your request, and I'm sure my Heavenly Father is overjoyed. But remember the joy that must be felt in your heart. It is good to be silent and to spend time thinking only about the Heavenly Father. The men were lost in their own thoughts, but they smiled at one another. Jesus looked at the glowing fire with great satisfaction because he now knew these men were truly chosen. Our guest this evening writes in the introduction to his book titled Choosing Presence, and that's why I told this opening story, that even Jesus had to spend time away from his disciples, his apostles, so that he could be with the Father. Choosing Presence, How to Access God's Peace and Release Fear, Anxiety, and Stress. And again, our author writes, Imagine we had a group of ten people in a circle, and each of us was going to write down what we think is the most challenging issue in our lives. In other words, we were going to talk about our inner fears, our inner pain. Each of us would have a different story to tell, but though there may be ten different stories in our circle, at the core, each story is really about one central issue going on inside of us, inner negativity. Stress, anxiety, worry, lack of self-esteem, all of these are caused by things happening in each of our different life situations. And unfortunately, what too many of us fail to realize is that we ourselves are creating this inner negativity. It's not our individual circumstances or stories, but how we react to them in our unconscious mind that creates pain. The practice of presence allows us to see clearly what the real problem is. It is personal, and it is simple to do, because the power of the practice of presence is in what we do, but what is being done to us when we stop the inner negative dialogue and experience our vibrant inner life, which is accessible to each of us always. That is God's promise to each of us, and he quotes Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. Jim Heaney has been teaching in the practice of presence from a Christian perspective for over 20 years, encouraging people of all ages to incorporate um, this particular practice into all areas of their lives, professional, relationships, sports, arts, health, uh, and even more, for greater spiritual and physical well-being. He's the founder of Electronic Waveform Labs, manufacturer of the H-Wave device, which is the primary modality in the drug-free treatment of chronic pain. Jim lives with his wife, Patricia, in Huntington Beach, California. Jim Heaney, welcome to Amplify. How nice to have you. Oh, thank you very much, Father Ron. Um. <clears throat> How, why don't you first of all say just a little bit more about what is meant by presence, choosing presence? When we say choosing presence, I, at, at the core of it, or the foundation of presence, is the unmistakable experience of God's spiritual energy when we become consciously present with the right intention. 
and it is the motivating factor that keeps us coming back to the practice of presence. And presence is not a permanent state, because mm-hmm. there's too many distractions in each of our lives for it to be a permanent state, but it's a state through God's gift to us, it's a state we can keep coming back to throughout the day over and over again and be renewed by God's spiritual energy. That is the core of mm-hmm. it. And uh, you write that it enhances every spiritual practice we already do. And Absolutely. so it sounds like a, uh, it has its own meaning and own power, but kind of a catalyst. And in this book, you're going to show us how to do this, how to practice uh, the spiritual practice. Um, is there a common obstacle or challenge to practicing this this kind of presence? Well, the common obstacle is each of us, no matter who it is, there's always a resistance to change. And once we realize how powerful the peace and the power of the present moment is through the practice of presence, doing it properly, that resistance just starts to diminish to where we realize we truly do have a choice. We have access to God's spiritual energy anytime throughout the day if we stop all the inner negative dialogue. Mm-hmm. And um, you've been practicing it for a while, and the thing that, I, that, that touched me the deepest part is that it allows God to change us from the inside. Uh, we tend to think of... of um, uh, our religious practices, our spiritual practices in that way, but we have to live our way, you write, into a new way of being, not just thinking. Yes, absolutely. I'll give you an example. Uh, what it does, it answers three very important questions to each of us. As we practice presence on a daily basis, the first question that answers for us is, why, why am I at peace? And mm-hmm. through the practice of presence, we know why we're at peace. We're at peace because we have made a conscious intention to connect with God's spiritual energy by becoming still within. Now, it also lets us know when we feel not at peace, when we do have inner unease or even sometimes inner chaos, and we know the only reason we are not at peace was we have allowed our unconscious mind, our negative ego, which is insecure and fear-filled, to direct us through unconsciousness, meaning, when I say unconsciousness, what I'm talking about is we're here physically, but our mind is thinking or obsessing about something that did happen or thinking or obsessing about something that Mm -hmm. might happen. It simply is not reality. And the practice of presence makes that very clear to us. And once once that becomes obvious, we know we have a choice. And the third is, how do we get back to peace? And that's exactly what we've been practicing. 
just as we know how we were at peace in the first place, we know the distractions have taken us out of peace, and we know exactly how to get back to peace. And God's peace is always available in this moment, because God is always available in this moment. As Christians, we believe God reveals himself in our daily life, and that is absolutely true. But what we have to remember is God is only in the present moment. He's not in the past, and he's not in the future. Mm -hmm. He's only here now. And by the practice of presence, what it truly does for us, it humbles us daily, because we realize that we cannot change ourselves from the inside without connecting with God's Spirit. And we cannot connect with God's Spirit unless we bring in stillness, as he told us to. Be still and know that I am God. So it is a it is a very simple and yet profound concept, and you have uh, uh, learned that uh, love is primary uh, in our lives. Uh, you write, we can't have random moments of stillness and expect God to change our lives. It has to be a daily relationship with God from when we wake up in the morning until we go to sleep at night, because it enhances every single aspect of our life, the practice of presence, you write, puts us in the exact space where God's love resides. It lives in in this moment in stillness. And so there's a sense in, in which presence is a cure, isn't it? Yes, and that's, the, that's what makes it so profound. You know, there are many... Before... I started actually meditating about 23 years ago. And without a doubt, it significantly improved my life and practicing presence. But I was practicing presence more in my head, not in my heart. And about 15 years ago, I made the conscious decision to make presence primary in my life. And when I did that, it completely changed every aspect of my life because it made every aspect of my life better. As I became more humble through the power and the peace of the present moment, I realized that humility was truly my strength, or rather, yes. it was God's strength working through me. And that's his gift. And each of us have experienced it. If any of us said this to ourselves, those moments, let's say we saw a beautiful sunset and it just stopped us in our tracks and everything, we became automatically still and we just felt the sense, we felt a vibrant inner life or we could be in nature and have that same experience. See, but it wasn't the sunset or nature that made us feel that sense of peace and calm and love. It was the stillness. That just made it, those experiences made it easy, easier for us to become still inside. So we have the, the choice and the gift from God to bring in stillness no matter where we are, what the circumstances of our life is. He 
never abandons us. He's always in the present moment. Right, and some of those circumstances are filled with pain and suffering. You write that your life has not been without uh, struggle, and certainly my life has not been without struggle. I think that's true of each and every one of us. It's part of the human condition. And so you write that it's the answer uh, to our inner suffering. Tell us a little bit about Brother Lawrence, who was a 17th century Carmelite monk who who wrote a lot about uh, the practice of the presence of God. Yeah, he was... It was he was such it was a saint. It was such a simple man. Okay. I just talk about suffering. Suffering when we suffer without connection to God's spirit within us, we feel alone and isolated, which exacerbates the suffering. But as we practice presence, we are gonna have those difficult times. But there's always going to be a sense of God's peace around that suffering. That's his gift to us. And Brother Lawrence, the be- <laughs> so profound and so simple. He says, all we have to do is recognize God as being intimately present within us. And when I first read Brother Lawrence about 10 years ago, uh, when we were finishing up the book, the editor who was working with me said, look, you, you have to write something about Brother Lawrence. So I went back and I read the book again. And what I realized reading it 10 years later and being more present was that everything that I wrote in the book, <laughs> he said in different words, but he meant the same thing. He talked about unconsciousness. Uh, yes. I think he refers to it as turning our back on God. Okay, and he Jim, let me, Jim, let me break in there because we need to take this break. Uh, hold your thought when we come back, and then let's pick up about the unconscious unconscious aspect of this. Great. Welcome back to uh, Amplify, where our guest this evening is Jim Heaney. We're talking about his book, uh, Choosing Presence, How to Access God's Peace and Release Fear, Anxiety, and Stress. And when we took our break, he was talking to us about um, Brother Lawrence, who, he, who is a 17th century Carmelite monk, and, and uh, we wouldn't even be thinking about the practice of presence, uh, Jim tells us, and... Uh, He's trying to get more people to do what he did to uh, develop a constant awareness of God's presence through his spiritual energy in our lives. So, Jim, I cut you off in mid-sentence. Okay, yes. And, and, well, one thing, Brother Lawrence, one of the things he says is to be constantly aware of God's presence. And to be constantly aware of God's presence, we have to talk to him throughout the day. And that's where we come in with taking our three conscious breaths every hour to ground us in the present moment. And what it, what it does, it, what we call inner conditions ourselves, because we're conditioned to compulsive thinking, repetitive thinking, and what that does, it puts us in an unconscious state. 
And that unconscious state, that space of unconsciousness, is where we create all our inner fears and our inner conflicts. A good example of that is if we asked any of us, if we asked ourselves, the times when we were full of anxiety and worry and our lack of steam was low, and we asked ourselves, am I present right now in this moment? The answer 100% of the time would be no. And at the same time, if we asked ourselves those times when we felt a sense of peace, calm, connectedness, free inside, and we asked ourselves, am I present in this moment right now? The answer 100% of the time would be yes. So that is the core. That's where it all starts in an unconscious state for one simple reason. When we are unconscious, we are not in reality. It is our negative ego, which is in opposition to what is real. As you write, as, uh, as humans, we all want the same three things. We want to feel good about ourselves. We want high self-esteem. We want to have meaning yeah. in our lives. We want to be loved. But you write, the problem is that our ego sends us outside ourselves uh, to find these things when we should be looking within. Um, and you talk about the role of emotions. The most pervasive is fear. And, and I believe that that's one of Lucifer's greatest powers, fear. I think he, he works off of, of, of fear. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Every, all of, whatever all of us want deeply for ourselves, it can only be found through stillness because stillness is the gateway to spirit and God is spirit. And it's only his power that changes us from the inside. Because fear, fear is all started or created in our head, in an unconscious state. And it's always in the future. It has no foundation. It's not real now. And that's why we cannot deal with it, because we're dealing with something that is absolutely false. It's our false self. Mm, and so... Um, uh... Before I, before I jump over to stillness, you've been talking about just to close uh, meeting God in the moment, uh, getting out of our heads and into our hearts to connect with the Spirit. Um, we're able to have a personal relationship with God. God. God is our teacher. You write about the role of, hum, of humility and where it is that we can find God uh, in, in our lives. And you, you write that uh, when we find God, we find God when we consciously come into the present moment, and it is in this place of stillness where we grow in our relationship with God's Spirit, just as you have uh, begun to, to, to talk about uh, the whole concept of stillness and how important it is for us to think about. And you write about it that um, it is what we experience when we break the negative cycle of unconscious thought, emotion, and reaction that derives from living in the past or fearing the future and come into the peace of the present moment. Absolutely. And what it is, is when we bring in stillness, we have a true perspective of reality 
now. We know that all the fears that we have, the anxieties we have, is always outside the present moment. And once we intercondition ourselves to where it's almost an automatic reaction from us to reject negativity, inner negativity, when we know we have a choice. And the stillness is the gateway. It is the gateway to spirit. And that is, that is the power. That's where, and the present moment, it truly is a power. There is no other way that we could stop the inner negativity without bringing in stillness, stopping all the inner negative dialogue, and then experiencing that realization in our lives over and over again throughout the day. Yes. And when we, the point, these statistics make your point. Uh, for many of us, you write, census activity is going on in our unconscious mind every day. Several years ago, the National Science Foundation reported that the average person has an estimated twelve to 60,000 thoughts per day. Some experts yes. estimate even more. And of those thoughts, 80% are negative. If you use 60,000 as your base, that's 48,000 negative thoughts generating stress, anxiety, inner conflicts, and fears every day. That certainly makes the case for choosing presence, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, and to add to that... When we talk, there's a study done on worry, uh, I believe from Cornell University, and 85% of all the worries we have never happen, mm. which I found amazing. That's an amazing statistic. Yet we suffer for 100% of our worries, and they're the main cause of our inner fears and conflicts. Carl Jung, obviously the world-famous, he's, he's dead now, but world-famous uh, psychiatrist and psychologist, he said the two most important aspects of his work were spiritual and numinous experiences because they had the power to heal his patients. And it made him believe that there was a divine power in the universe. And this is the number one person in mental health in the history of yes. psychiatry. And you, um, you, you point out that senseless activity makes us powerless. Uh, at any moment in the day, we have a choice between inner chaos or inner peace. Is there then a relationship between stillness and silence? And silence? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Except stillness, what makes, when we say practice presence, the only difference between, the difference though is this. Are they similar? Sure. But the difference is, when we practice presence, it's always with one intention. And that intention is to connect with God's spiritual energy. It's like St. James says, if we pray to God 
in two minds don't expect anything from God. And he says a man in two minds is like the waves in the ocean that gets pushed back and forth by the wind. That man is unstable. And that's what we are in an unconscious state. So presence, when we, when we practice presence with, that, with the right intention, that is what is the gateway to God's spiritual energy. We have to ask. Why is it that uh, some people fear being alone with God or on the other on the other hand, don't even believe that's possible. And the reason they don't believe it's possible is, quite frankly, me 30 years ago. I didn't think it was possible. Uh, <laughs> yes. You can't believe something only through reading about it. You have to experience. That's why God said, I, I think the big, a big miss that we have is we... Hear so often, Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And I think most of us think that was a, su- a suggestion by God. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. God wants us free. The only way we can be free if we don't enslave ourselves with unconscious negative negativity brought about by compulsive, repetitive thinking. That has nothing to do with reality now. Mm-hmm. That's where all our fears, our inner fears, are created. It sounds like a meditation might be a form of stillness. It, yes. The difference is, certainly, the practice of presence is, is, is a form of meditation, but it's a meditation. If you, if you ask 10 people why they meditate, you're probably going to get almost 10 different answers. And Meditation certainly is beneficial, but the practice of presence is only about one intention, connecting with God's spiritual energy. He teaches us through the peace that he gives us when we are consciously present in this moment with the right intention, and that's what makes it so powerful. It's exactly what God told us to do. And this is... um where I've, 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 I've thought a lot about this one particular part of your book, many parts of the books, but this one, you, you write, well, none of us is worthy or holy. Our worthiness or holiness simply doesn't matter to God. And then, Correct. You, then you have uh, uh, spiritual writer Paula Darcy captures uh, this modern go-go mentality in a tongue-in-cheek a checklist titled Guaranteed Ways to Miss the Hidden God, How to Make Mistakes and Miss the Voice Within. Let me just touch on the ten of them, not speaking fully about them. Live your life at high speed. Stay scattered and distracted. Take everything personally. Use blame liberating. Don't laugh, especially at yourself. Stay tied to your past. Use the word because... Never question or think for yourself. Continue to think of God as invisible and distant. Reinforce the belief that your life is going to happen soon. 
this is not it, not yet, but one day, maybe when I'm finished reading. So, and and uh, it goes into a lot more description than just what I what I read. But it it's it's almost like uh, you find yourself in some of these things that you shouldn't oh, be doing. That, that's that describes me thirty years yes, ago. Yes, right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's basically me thirty years ago. Yes, and. Just look at our society. <laughs> you know, I, be, I, I work in uh, jail ministry. I worked in jail ministry for the last 20, over 20 years. And also we work Catholic worker, feeding the homeless, and also Coles Children's Home, housing the homeless. And naturally, uh, ministry is not church. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of people. And I also talked to wealthy businessmen, okay? I talked to, obviously, prisoners. I've talked to working people, talked to executives, everyone. The questions they have, their uh, unconscious fears are basically all the same. It doesn't matter their station in life. So we're all in the same boat. And what we have to remember, I think, is that none of us are going, none of us have the power to fix ourselves within. It has to be a power beyond us that is working through us. And it simply can't be done without God's spiritual energy. It and, doesn't work. Yeah, I, um, I underline um, a good, the good books sir, that I underline. It's almost like I'm learning something completely new, and I might underline almost the whole book. Um, just a couple of things that I underline while we're talking about uh, stillness, simply doing what God told us to do. You write, some of us already begin our day in stillness through meditation or prayer, but then we spend the rest of the day and evening without consciously bringing stillness into our life. That absence of stillness allows the stress and anxiety to build and our mind to start spinning, draining us of energy. And a little later, creating stillness is as easy is taking three conscious breaths in a row to access God's spiritual energy and doing this throughout the day. After starting our day with a practice of presence, it is the most important spiritual practice we can do. Say a little more about this practice. Oh, absolutely. It's like I said, I've been meditating for 20, uh, roughly 23 years. And I said 15 years ago, I made presence primary in my life, meaning the benefits of meditation was obvious from the beginning. But when I made presence primary in my life, it changed everything. I never, I never thought possible to have access to God's peace throughout the day, but you have to do it on a throughout the day, meaning Every hour, you have to ground yourself in the present moment. And that's why we made the free app, uh, choosing, I mean, uh, practicing presence a Christian way. And the reason is, if we follow the simple practice of presence, and we get an hourly reminder on the app, I can say this, the first day a person actually practices presence as it's outlined, by the way, 
when I say practice, I'm practicing presence the way God told us to practice presence, bringing in stillness. It's not something that I myself uh, came up with. I'm just following God's orders, God's command. But when we do it, the very first day we do it, we will say to ourselves, this definitely was a better day than yesterday. Mm-hmm. And after we do it for a month, we'll say, wow, this, is, this, this works. After we do it for three months, we know how powerful it is. And I doubt if any of us do it for three months, we'll go back to the way we lived before because we know now we truly have a choice. We mm-hmm. do not have to accept anxiety, stress, worry, lack of self-esteem. That's all created in an unconscious state. And if we know, answer those same three questions I talked to earlier. Why am I present? Why am I not present? And how do I get back to presence? That's God's gift to us. We cannot do it ourselves. It's what's being done to us when we bring in stillness. Uh, let me uh, almost take us out to uh, our next break. If I were to ask you a question now, I'd be cutting you off in mid-sentence again. You have this quote from Henry Nouwen uh, who says, quote, to gently push aside and silence the many voices that question my goodness and to trust that I will hear the voice of blessing, that demands real effort, a close quote. And then uh, you respond to that by by stating, if we say it's too hard or don't have time, we're, what we're really saying is that we don't have time to allow God to stop our suffering. We don't allow God the time to stop our suffering. Creating stillness demands real effort, but we create space more and more throughout the day and intercondition ourselves, it becomes easier and easier until it becomes effortless. And, and again, those three breaths in a row, that breathing is, can become a very powerful spiritual experience. And when we think about it, that's really uh, pretty simple, that breath is spirit. We're going to take this break. <laughs> 